So we are carrying on our series, Love Revolution. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for a love revolution. Have you ever had a time in your life when you got lost? Maybe you were heading somewhere, uh, there was a destination that you wanted to get to, but maybe you took a wrong turn, maybe you got a bit disorientated, and as a result, you ended up in a place that you didn't want to be. Or maybe some of you might be able to relate to this as a child, maybe uh, you were in a busy area, maybe in a shopping area, in a town area, and it was really busy, and there was loads of people, and you got separated from your parents. If you've had that experience, and I'm sure many in here and watching online can relate to this, can you remember how you felt? I remember as a child getting separated from my parents when we were at Bognor Regis. I think we were on some kind of Bible camp or something like that. And I remember getting separated from it and this anxiety, this fear, this worry. Uh, and it was only separation for a short period of time, but it really impacted me and it was extremely distressing. Well, the Bible says that whether we realize it or not, that we have all been lost. We've all strayed from God's righteous paths. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says this, all we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way. There was a time in my life when I was very, very lost and I'm so grateful to, to stand here today and say, I can testify that I have been found. And many of you here today, that's your testimony that you can testify that you once were lost, but now you are experiencing the joy, the peace, the purpose that flooded your world when you were found by Jesus. And in recent weeks, we've been looking at Luke chapter 15, which shares the story of the prodigal son who squandered his wealth and his, his, his inheritance that he was given from his father went off and did his own thing and thought that that was going to be fulfilling and bring him great satisfaction. But he realized that it, it was an empty well. He realized that it didn't truly satisfy. He only found satisfaction when he returned to the father's house. But we're going to look at today, we're going to look at two other aspects of that chapter. We're going to look at the lost sheep and the lost coin. So in this chapter, it's the lost son, then is also the lost sheep and the lost coin. And that's what we're going to look at. So we're going to look at Luke chapter 15. We'll go from 1 to 7. Let's read. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people and even eating with them. So I want to just say this. Jesus' VIP invitation was for all. Sometimes I talk to people about coming along to church and they're like, oh, you know, I'm not really a great person. I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm not really perfect. Maybe when my life's sorted, then I'll come to church. And I have to explain that actually none of us have a sorted life. 
None of us are perfect. I sin every day. I miss the mark of God's perfection. I'm in need of God's, I'm in need of God's grace every single day. Uh, you know, it's not about waiting until I'm sorted before I go to church or go to God. No, the reality is I go to God. I go to church to help me get sorted. It's part of the point of it. And Jesus' invitation was for all. Some of you may have noticed when you came in, we got a big banner at the front of the church, and it says this, come as you are. That's the invitation that Jesus extends. Come as you are with your mess, with your questions, with your doubts, with your struggles, with your sin. Come as you are. That's how he invites us. But here's the thing. That whilst we come as we are to him, when we encounter Christ, how many of you know we cannot stay the same? Because he changes us. There's something about when we encounter his love and his grace and his goodness and his compassion that just wrecks us in a good way. It it messes us up in a good way, in a God kind of way that brings order and brings peace and brings joy into our lives. Jesus was often criticized because of his inclusive approach, but he welcomed all who would come. He wasn't promoting religion. That might surprise some of you. Jesus wasn't promoting religion. Do you know who Jesus' biggest critics were? The religious leaders. And these were people that went through a motion, these empty rituals, yet their hearts were far from God. And just because you come to church, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a Christian. It doesn't mean that you've given your heart to God. And we've been singing about songs today about loving the Lord, loving God. And that is the greatest commandment of all, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then it says, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, love God and love people. So Jesus was criticized. He he, he was criticized for the company that he hung out with, those that he was reaching out to. He wasn't promoting religion, but rather he was seeking relationship with his children. He knew that going through empty motions and rituals doesn't change anyone. But friendship with God is a game changer. Let's carry on reading in Luke 15 from verse 3. And it says this, So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness And go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. You and I are that lost sheep. We're the one that went off. We've all gone astray in our own 
different way at different times in our life. We're the one who wandered off. But God is the good shepherd who leaves the 99 safe, secure, to go and look for the one. That's you. That's me. Let's have a look at the next few verses from verse 8 to 10. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and her neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. What does that word repent? It means to change your mind, have a different way of thinking. It means rather than heading the wrong way, you turn around and you start heading the right way. And here we see that there's a party that goes on in heaven when a sinner repents. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But when we acknowledge, God, I can't do it on my own. I don't want to go my own way. You know best, God. I need some divine guidance in my life. When we acknowledge our need for him and we repent and we turn from sin, there's a great party that goes on in heaven. We represent that silver coin that was lost. And God represents the persistent lady who moved heaven and earth to find us. Some of you might have heard of the famous songwriter, John Newton. He's the author of the famous song, Amazing Grace. He took many wrong turns in his life. He experienced much pain and loss and grief. He inflicted a lot of pain and grief on others as well. Many of you know his story that he was involved in, basically, human trafficking. He was involved in the the slavery trade, where they would capture people from their home and would sell them. It was, it was a terrible crime against humanity. But in a twist, a surprising twist, he actually got lost at sea and himself became a slave. But one day his life was radically transformed as he was found, he was rescued. And he describes some of his testimony in the lyrics that he wrote. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. I want to say this, if you are lost today, if you feel limited in your vision You need to know that there is good news that you can be found in Christ Jesus. When we choose to put our faith and trust in God, it's amazing how much more we can see. We realize there's a much bigger picture than just the here and now. It's amazing how that some people think that that life is simply this. You're born, you live, you die, end of story. And I'm here to tell you today, there is a lot more to life than that. That you have been designed, you have been created with eternity in mind. That your life matters, that you have significance, that God has a divine purpose for your life. 
And at the end of this message, I want to give an opportunity that there might be some people here that want to respond to the Lord today, to respond to your Creator. So we live in a world where there's a lot of lost people that need to be found. It's a big problem. And to compound the problem, many of those people who are lost don't know they're lost. They don't realize that there is so much more to life than just existing. They don't realize that there is a much wider horizon, a more beautiful picture that God is inviting them into. But I want to ask you, whilst there's this big problem with all these lost people, I want to ask you, does it bother you? Does it disturb you in a God kind of way? I remember hearing about a speaker called Gerald Coates, who we've actually had preach here a number of times through years. He's now in heaven. But I remember hearing a story about Gerald Coates preaching at the Elam Pentecostal Church. And he shared this statistic about how many hundreds of millions of people were lost, who were broken, who needed God in their life. And no one really batted an eyelid. There was not really much reaction in the congregation. There was a, you know, it was a big gathering. There's maybe six, seven hundred people in the meeting. And, and yeah, nothing really. There was no reaction or response. As Gerald continued to preach, he, he decided to throw in a swear word into his message. So he used this naughty word. And suddenly the congregation went... <gasps> There was a gasp. And Gerald said, do you know what? You guys are more bothered about a little tiny naughty word that I've said than about the statistic I shared about how many people are are lost and in need of a savior. Now, I'm not here to endorse swearing, but I am here to say, I think he made a good point. Because we as a church sometimes get so religious and caught up on little stuff that doesn't really make much of a difference. It's not really of a big eternal thing. And the things that should bother us and disturb us, that we should be saying, hang on, this is wrong, this needs to stop, we, we need to change. We need to, to, to really allow the heart of God to affect us in such a way that we love what He loves and we hate what He hates. And God is a good God, and he's full of kindness. This is a major problem that we have in God's church, that we're not bothered, as we should be, about the lost. Now, we might claim we are, we might say we are, we might even sing that we are, but the reality is, in the way that we live our lives, words are cheap, actions are expensive. Are you living your life in such a way where you're disturbed about the number of people that are lost. Because we should live in a way that we recognize that we're like that woman who went in hot pursuit. She she turned her whole house upside down to, to find that silver coin. To be like that shepherd who left the 99, who was safe. They were secure. He went off because he knew that that one sheep mattered. And you need to know your life matters. And not only does your life matter, but everyone outside of there, outside of this church building, everyone watching online, your life matters too. But we need to live in such a way 
that we communicate how much people mean to God. Our purpose in life is not just to be found. So many people want a saviour, but they don't want a Lord. What, what do I mean by that? Hey, I just want to be saved, but when I die, I know I'm going to heaven. I've got my meal ticket to eternity. Hey, I'm happy with that. I want pie in the sky when I die. That is not the reason why Jesus died on the cross. Not solely. It's a part of it. It's a slice of it. But there's so much. You are saved with a great purpose in mind. It's not just about you being found. You are found to then go and find others. We are on a, a rescue mission in the earth to communicate this message of hope and of God's grace. I want to ask you today, how well are you doing at loving the lost? If you had to score yourself on a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being like amazing, you're always reaching lost people, and 0 being you don't do it at all, where would you rate yourself? I want you just to think about it. I'm not looking for anyone to respond now, but I'm just, think about it in your life. Where are you at? Because I think that we often allow the temporary things that don't really have any eternal difference, we allow them to crowd out the things that actually make an eternal difference. And you need to know this, we are not saved by good works. Shared this uh, last week, good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people go to heaven. Because the reality is we've all messed up. None of us can say, I've fulfilled all of God's perfect standards. Only Jesus did that. Okay? We embrace God's forgiveness. But we're also to share that message with others. And when we embrace a Lord, what we're saying is, God, I give up my rights to say no to you, God. Because I acknowledge you are the wise one. You know best. So it's not about I'm coming to Jesus and then Jesus, right, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. This is my will. That's not what it is to follow Jesus. When we come to Jesus, we say, Jesus, I'll give you my life. I'll give you my heart. What is your plan? What's your purpose? What's your will? What's your dream? What's your desire? Because I want to be involved in that. And that's where the ultimate blessing is found, that ultimate fulfillment in our life. It's found in following, hitting the bullseye of God's perfect will for our lives. We want to follow not just a saviour, but we want to follow a Lord as well. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I don't always like what God says to me. I'm just being, I'm being real. Sometimes it disturbs me. When the Lord will tell me someone cuts me off in traffic and, and I want to give them a piece of my mind. And God says, no, love them, bless them, pray for them. Well, I don't want to. It's not about what I want to do. It's about what he wants to do. So this is the thing. It's not about, you know, God doing things on our terms. 
It's about us coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm doing things on your terms. So if Jesus says, give something up, give it up. Because he knows best. Turn to your neighbor and say, he knows best. So if he says no to something, it's because he's got something much, much better. God's not trying to rob you of your fun and enjoyment. He's trying to protect you, and he wants you to walk in the abundant life. Life to the full. And my prayer is that today God will stir up our hearts with a greater passion and conviction and urgency to love the lost. Not only will there be a shift internally, but that will be more effective in reaching the lost so that they can not only be found, but they can then go and help others to be found also. May our lives be a signpost to the Savior. I remember even putting that on, on my bio on, on Facebook once. You know, you have a little bio saying a little bit about yourself. And I put, I'm a signpost to the Savior. And if you are a follower of Christ, so are you. Or let me phrase it another way, so should you be, that we are here to point to the hope, the love, the goodness, the grace that is found in Jesus Christ. Imagine being lost and stranded for a moment at sea. It's dark. You're calling out. You're, you're in the freezing cold water. The rain is lashing down and waves are crashing in on all sides. You think you're a goner. But then suddenly, in utter amazement, a bright light appears and you see a man in a large boat with an outstretched arm. You have a choice whether you take his hand or not. You choose to take his hand. He pulls you into the boat. You are now safe and secure. But you know that you have friends and family and other people that you know that are still in the water. And as you look around the boat, you see there's plenty of room. There's room for everyone in the boat. This is a powerful picture of what Jesus did when he came into the world and he stretched out his arms to you and I on the cross. It's up to us whether we choose to take his hand or not. God's not going to force anyone to accept the gospel message. He gives us a choice. He's given us free will. For those of you that have taken the hand of Christ, that's great. That's amazing. But what about the others that are stranded in the water? And we need to be disturbed in a God kind of way that we focus our lives on reaching out to those that are lost. You and I are not just saved for our own sakes. When we get saved, we become part of God's rescue team and we've got a mission to accomplish. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16 says this. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand 
where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Some of you have been hiding your light. Some of you have been concealing the light that God's put inside of you. And it's time to let the light shine again. It's time to start, start proclaiming that message. It's, it's time to start reaching out your hand and being the answer to the prayers that other people are praying. There are so many people that are lost in our city, lost in our nation, lost in the world. And you and I have been called to be part of God's rescue team. So I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. And I don't know about you, and I'm, I'm here, and I'm not saying I'm Mr. Perfect. I'm here saying, God, I recognize there's areas of my life where I'm lazy, where I need to be more disturbed in a God kind of way, where I need to be more active. Sometimes I'm fearful of being rejected. Sometimes I'm fearful of what people might say. May the Lord do a deep work in my life today. And may he do a deep work in your life too. Shall we stand to our feet? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to pray for each and every one of you today. And I want to give an opportunity as well that if you are here today and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've never taken the hand and allowed him to rescue you, I want to give you an opportunity in this moment to pray. And the Bible says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And whoever means whoever. Doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter what your past is, doesn't matter what your doubts might be. And it's not about knowing all the answers, as our, our brother Alan shared. It's not about us having all the answers, but it's about embracing the one who does have all the answers. So just, just in this holy moment, I just want to encourage you to bow your heads and close your eyes in this holy moment. And there might be one person here, maybe there's more than that here. Maybe someone who's watching online, whether it's live or whether it's later on on the recording. I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And if that's you and if you're, if you're wanting to respond today in faith and saying, yeah, I recognize I need, I need to to make change in my life. I, 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 need, I need God in my life. Then I want to give you an opportunity right now, just, just in the quietness of your own heart, to respond. And simply to respond and, and say to God, I'm calling upon you today. I call upon you today. Thank you that you are a saviour. And God, I want you to be my Lord as well. Help me to grow in friendship with you, God, and, and grow in the purpose for which you've called me. And I believe that if you respond or you pray a prayer in, in that one form or another, reaching out to him, you can go away from this place today knowing that if you died, hey, you know you're going to heaven. But more than that, 
you are embracing an eternal purpose to be a light bearer for Christ. Father God, I just want to pray and bless every single person gathered here today, those watching online. Father, we thank you that, Lord, that you are a God who rescues us. We thank you that, Lord, we were once lost, but now we're found in you. And Father, I just pray that, Lord, for every person just to be aware of your outstretched arm today to each and every one of us. I pray that, God, we will not resist you. We will not reject you, but we will embrace you because you are a good God. You're full of kindness and love and grace and truth that sets us free. So, Father God, we pray that we will live for you and that, Lord, that that we would be known as a people that are passionate about winning lost souls, bringing people into your family, bringing people into your household, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that you would give us fresh zeal and, and, and fresh passion and fresh conviction, Lord God, to go out and win the lost and be effective in that, Lord. That, Lord, that we would be people that make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. So, Father, we're asking that. Not in our own name, not in our own strength, but we're asking it in the name of Jesus Christ. The name that is above every other name. In Jesus' name. Amen.